Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. San Diego. So today's show is going to be a good topic, and we're going to have a guest today to discuss that topic, and it's regarding uh, living with family and friends that have cancer or that are surviving with cancer. Uh, But first, I wanted to let everybody know that the show is sponsored by countyproperties.net, local real estate company in San Diego County. We'll be able to take care of you and your family just as if you are own. So you're in good hands with all your real estate needs. And uh, my co-host is uh, Stephen Izakovich. How are you doing, Stephen? Hey, good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I want to tell all of our listeners, uh, you can call in at one three four seven. Two one five eight seven zero nine, and to be able to talk to the host or our co-host. So it looks like a good show. Yeah, and we're you're able to replay the show at any time. Uh, the show is live for the next thirty minutes, and then it'll be available uh, through Blog Talk Radio, or you could contact me through Facebook at Ani Levine. And uh, we have posts in both places. And uh, so today, we're going to have a special guest, a friend of mine for uh, almost 40 years. <laughs> I'm scared to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's her giggling. She's always Miss Sunshine. That's Susie Bindi. Welcome to the show, Susie. Thank you, Arnie. And, um, and you just heard Steven, so he's the co-host. Uh, yeah, hi, guys, Stephen. You haven't met. Sometimes when you guys come down to visit, we'll get together. Um, so the reason why I wanted to invite you to the show, Susie, uh, was because the Cancer Answer Show is about patients dealing with survival and also the most important thing to a patient when they're going through diagnosis or treatment or a possibility sometimes it's fate going through their last phase before they pass. Um, it's all about the family, me being a patient for the last 20 
uh, 20 years. <clears throat> Every time I've gotten sick, um, my concerns and my friends and family around. And uh, when people hear what others are going through and when it's shared to them, it makes it easier for them to handle the burden because the biggest problem for most people is when they first get diagnosed with a family is it's the fear of the unknown questions. And then all these questions come up. So um, the reason why I wanted you to be able to be on the show, which I'm very proud of you, the way that you're handling it uh, as far as supporting your family, but you have two family members and you lost some family members um, recently. Uh, So, um, and thank God for your parents, they got to live to a, a ripe age. I don't know what age that is, but um, did you want to share about them and then talk about your brother and your sister? Oh, um, well, it's still kind of raw, so it's pretty hard to share about my parents. You well, whatever I didn't tell you whatever, were going to bring up my parents. Well, anyway, yeah, I just lost my dad. What, and, yeah. It's about what you're comfortable in sharing, not, not about yeah. my questions. Yeah, it's still pretty raw when it comes well, to I my understand. parents. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, I just lost my father in October. Yeah. I know I it's, very difficult was... to talk about, it's very <laughs> difficult to talk about this, but our listeners are going through the same thing that you are going through. So it's yeah. not you alone that's going through this, but there are many, many others that share uh, your experience. And with all and everybody has the strength to be able to look at uh, our, how fragile we are in our mortality and be able to see uh, when these special circumstances come up into our life right there and how we handle those and we bravely march forward uh, because we're still alive. So yeah. have the strength that's, uh, that's deep down inside of you because that's all the ones that are gone are hoping the mm-hmm. best for you that you stay strong. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and yeah, I wish I could be more strong all the time, but, uh, um, you know, just it's easy to go on with life and kind of, you know, kind of forget about all the emotions that are there or just, you know, and as you do all the things that you're required to do every day, just all the, you know, tasks and projects that you, you know, set in front of yourself uh, yeah. and during life that make it real easy to forget about uh how emotional you feel but uh you know and there's different perspectives perspectives of how to look at it for sure because really honestly you know my father died at the ripe age like you said arnie of 87 and he he really had an amazing life and yeah that's the best way to look at it (laughs) Mm -hmm. right that i i and i i know both are parents and it's amazing the life that he had. And I know the nice thing is that they passed, both parents passed down those, the best qualities they had onto you because we've been good friends for a couple, four decades, believe it or not. <laughs> and, and I, uh, the, you know, the mourning process is not to sweep under the rug. It's something to evolve with because it is part of 
them giving you life and now you were there for them, you know, in their, in their time of leaving this life to another realm. Yeah. Um, the world, the world to come, right. The world, world to come. Uh, and, and, um, so I, I know, I know it's difficult on that part. Any suggestions for other people that are going through losing a parent or two parents, uh, going through the mourning process. So one of the things you said, it's easier to be involved in life again in routines or part of, part of it. Yeah. Well, that definitely makes it easier if you kind of stay busy and, you know, be productive. You know, I like to be productive. So when I'm productive from day to day, uh, I always feel a lot better. And, um, you know, also, uh, having, you know, faith definitely helped me to get through it as well because, uh, you know, it's it's just a good feeling to know that they're, you know, up there enjoying all the goodies that the Almighty have in store for us after this life and um, as we know it. And, uh, you know, I'm here with, I'm, I'm not here with my brother, but my brother is here in my house right now. Um, uh, for a while, and um, he has been telling me that my dad used to always say that when he passes away, he'll be sitting next to Jesus with a crown of jewels on his head, and he firmly believed that. So uh, I don't know if the if the crown looks all that great or not, but <laughs> anyway, I guess he's probably in a pretty good place. You know, when I think about it like that, it also helps a lot. So being busy on the one hand helps me because it was very, very sad to for me to watch him go. And, uh, you know, and also just knowing that there's a better place uh, that doesn't have any pain and suffering and that, uh, you know, has all that, all the, you know, wonderful things that I couldn't even really begin to imagine um, they're waiting for all of us it helps a lot too. You know, one of the I lost both my parents, as you know, uh, and same thing. They're in their 80s. Both passed away from uh, third bout and sixth bout cancer. My dad, but they lived mm. a long life. That was the key thing. They lived with the cancer in the old days of technology. They did the best they could, and now as time gets better. We have more chances of survival. For me, I didn't think I'd be here 20 years later. I thought it was five or maybe 10. Uh, the the thing that I learned with my parents uh, because they passed, you know, back in 2005 and 10, is I started thinking of them um, the way they were before they passed. And now I have pictures when they're younger, even when I'm younger, and it's like, well. They're no longer in this world, the physical, so their manifestation, whether it be in heaven or the, the soul transmigrates into a new life here, um, I picture them now as younger, healthier, and that's one of the great opportunities about living a life and then going through illness and age, uh, you get, to, you get your, your soul continues regardless of the physical body. Um, yeah, you know, and go ahead. Yeah, kind of along those lines, you know, one of the things that uh, that uh, occurred to me after they passed, both my parents passed, 
was that, uh, you know, how long of a life that they actually had before I was ever even born. And so, you know, of course, because my mind after they passed just went all over the place. And I, you know, I've had some interest in reading their journals and finding out, you know, who they were when I wasn't like, well, I was raising my children and I wasn't really paying that much attention during that phase necessarily to my parents. I mean, I was always close to them, but they weren't my primary focus, obviously, while I was raising three children. But, um, uh, you know, just the kind of things that they went through or maybe while I was in college or doing whatever I was doing um, that had me uh, distracted from pay- paying as much attention to them as I did as a child, um, you know, it's interesting to, you know, learn a part about your parents that you just, you know, didn't even know of. And I found myself wanting to be around people who knew him in ways that I never would have. Like sometimes we think we know our, you know, like I thought I knew my parents so well. I mean, and, you know, I still feel like I knew him very well. I'm not complaining at all about my relationship with my parents. I had a great relationship with them, but there were time, phases that I wasn't involved in or certainly before I was born and when I was a very young child, you know, I wasn't aware of what kind of adult things they were going through during those periods of time. And uh, so I found myself uh, being attracted to spending time with, like, for instance, this one man who lives in Palm Springs who knew my father since he was, like, in high school, you know, obviously much longer than I knew him. I, I was born when he was about 30, so he knew him for you know, probably an extra 15 years during a phase that, you know, I never had the opportunity to know my dad. And so that was kind of neat. I was, I found myself kind of searching for or just being drawn to people who knew my dad or my mom in, uh, you know, different phases. So that was kind of, it was more impactful with my dad because he died second and, uh, and because I don't know, it was really weird. I had a different experiences with the two of them dying. I think because my mom died first, and the focus was on my dad, and it didn't give me much time and energy to focus on my mom because I the focus in, almost immediately turned to my dad. And so then when he died, it was like all about him. So it's taken me a while to move past that and also include my mom in some of the mourning and the you know and the you know thought process. Well, one of the things I wanted to acknowledge you as not just a, as a host of this show, which Stephen would concur with that, that part's true, but as your friend watching you go through the process, you know, not all children are like how, how you were. There are children uh, that are, you know, that basically left their parents in nursing homes or going through the final phases and they will stick them in an institution, but they don't visit them or they don't stay in contact like you did. So I, I admire that, that character that you have. And that was taught from both our parents that I'm hoping that all of us who listen to this are inspired by you. Oh, thank you, Arnie. I, You know, they were great parents, but, you know, it wasn't, you know, for lack of uh, effort because, you know, they, I think uh, together they probably did about, no, not together, individually, they each did about 30 years of therapy, counseling, 
They were both counselors themselves, and they also did marriage counseling and individual counseling for at, at least 30 years, I'm, I'm sure of it. And so, um, you know, they definitely had a lot of intuition about, you know, people and relationships and all of that kind of a thing. But, and how to uh, bring you up. And how to bring you yeah, up. Yeah, they did pretty I felt like they did okay <laughs> when it comes to bringing me up. But, you know, I do have four siblings, and I'm the youngest of the five. And the oldest one, who's nine years my senior, I really feel like we were raised by different parents. Even though it was the same parents, uh, the growth that my parents had during, you know, the time period from when my oldest sister was born or my o- oldest sibling to the time that I was born I, they just changed so much. I feel like, uh, you know, we had completely different upbringings. Yeah. And so, in well, fact, talk- I brought that up to her the other day. Yeah. Well, and they're talking about your siblings. So you're going through, or your family's going through challenges again. Uh, so it's your sister and your brother. And, you, and you, you, you just told me recently that your brother's, Staying with you to help out because your sister's been taking care of them. So, mm-hmm. uh, would you mind sharing about both of them and and what the challenges are? Um, yeah, my oldest sister, uh, Char, Charlene, she um, she's suffering right now from uh, breast cancer. And she's up in Northern California. I'm in Southern California, so I don't get to be there with her regularly, but she's pretty fortunate because she has a a 30-some-year-old daughter who's married with a brand-new grandchild for her, and uh, they live right across the street. So I do feel like she doesn't need me as much as somebody else in the family might. Uh, She's real close to her daughter, and she just loves that she has a new uh, granddaughter, and uh, she's got a strong husband who's retired, who's uh, able to, with all, she has quite a bit of care, although I've told her that I'm available if, you know, if they burn out, because I know it's a lot on the caregivers sometimes. And so I've told her and I've told her husband and her daughter that if they come up against a time where they feel like, uh, you know, they need additional help to reach out to me, but they haven't. And this is she's been going through chemotherapy now for about oh I would say about four months, and it got pretty tough. Uh, she you know she got very very sick. She lost all of her hair. She lost her you know eyelashes and her eyebrows, and you know she's still going through it. Uh, and they had a plan for her where she had one type of chemotherapy, and then after about. Oh, I think about six weeks or a couple, maybe it was more like two or three months. They uh, they switched her over to a another type of uh, chemotherapy, which was supposed to be more to- tolerable, she was told. But on her first treatment of the new therapy, she had such an adverse reaction to it. Her, she said she felt like her, you know, her body was like burning. She couldn't wear shoes and her feet were all swollen. She couldn't even really walk and um, couldn't, yeah, she couldn't wear shoes. I already said that. And she's, her feet were all red and, you know, 
she said she was starting to see signs of blistering and and she just told the doctor that uh you know she could not go through that particular type of chemotherapy that she felt that that was killing her actually and so uh you know they gave her kind of a little bit of a break like three week break or something like that she got sick too during that period so she couldn't take the chemo and then when she came back they put her on something different that uh, she has been more tolerable for her but i just stay in touch with her and kind of call and and uh you know let her know that you know i'm here and thinking about her and that you know she knows there's a lot of people who care but you ne- you never want to take that for granted so anyway that's uh my sister you know she's in pretty good shape in terms of people around with energy and uh you know close proximity so that they could help uh keep an eye on her um and then there's my brother and he is um he's been uh, suffering with a brain tumor for about 15 years and uh actually um when he first was diagnosed with the tumor the uh everyone thought that he had about eight years and it's been 15 so he's he's beat the statistics on the type of cancer that he has um but he's had brain surgery. He had about ninety, not you know, ninety-five to ninety-nine of his tumor removed. They couldn't remove it all because, uh, you know, of the cognitive uh, problems that, it, you know, that were at risk if they removed some that was too close to the brain, or or, I don't, I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really understand all the details, but. Anyway, then he, you know, for years he did chemo every three to five years. And, um, you know, if there was any kind of activity, they were always testing to see if there was any growth activity uh, showing on his scans. And uh, typically he was having the chemo about every three to five years. And then uh, at one point, I think it was about two or three years ago, he had radiation and that really took a toll on him. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, after that radiation, he had, a, you know, a couple seizures and, um, you know, he, and in, in this whole process, he lost his business. He had had a successful heating and air conditioning business that he had, uh, that he, he, you know, he had built up and was very, very successful. And, um, and he also, you had to sell his home because he couldn't uh, keep the payments up on that. And he had risked, you know, a foreclosure on that property that was in Malibu. And um, yeah. And uh, so since then, uh, you know, Oh, after that, then he actually lived in a little tiny outbuilding in, you know, the yard of one of his friends until that friend actually passed away from cancer. And then, you know, he stayed there as long as, I guess, the utilities were on, and then he had to go, and he ended up staying with my father for four years and uh, until my father passed. And then, um, and then, you know, he's basically, you know, for, you know, four years been, or four or five years been, you know, not had a home. I hate to call him homeless because... Yeah. Sounds so that's bad. One of, that's a, a challenge that a lot of times we don't think or discuss um, sometimes. But, you know, for people that live alone, um, 
it's yeah. difficult because you become dependent if you have help. Luckily, he, he have you guys, and now you're helping out. Um, I wanted to ask you a question. You were sharing a, a, a simple thing that became a big deal because um, uh, we want to talk about support type of things. So uh, you just started helping out, taking care of you, staying with you because uh, was it your other sister needed she needed, she was preoccupied, so you're helping out with your brother, and right. um, and it was about medicine, a very simple thing. So he forgot his meds. Uh, you want to just share that real, oh, the, yeah. the summary of that? That's an important thing for people to know when they're helping yes. care, caregiver. Yeah, and yeah, and in all this process with my brother, you know, he had uh, last year on April, he had a a seizure, and then he, that that was followed by a stroke, and of and of course, he had some deficiencies as a result of that stroke, and some things like memory, you know, other physical things like walking and things like that. But the reason I bring that up is because of the memory issues. And um, uh, I went and picked my brother up for my sister, um, and uh, to give her a little break, which she dearly needed. She's had him for about four months, uh, off and on, and. Um, he asked, you know, is there anything that I need to remember? And the one thing I tried to remind him of is, you know, your medicine. And he said he's got that all handled and organized. And so we went ahead and left. And uh, when we we got here at my house, and um, my sister called me that night when she got home from work and said his medicine's here. And so we had forgotten his medicine. And I really didn't have an appreciation, really, for how important the medicine is. And I'm learning the hard way. Uh, unfortunately, how important some people's medicine is for them. I, I don't take any prescription medicine, so I just I don't have a personal experience of it. Um, I saw it with my dad when he went off of his medication prior to his death, and then now um, I had an experience this this past week with my brother when we forgot his medication. And we hadn't actually even forgotten it. We just left it even though we remembered it. And so um, uh, what happened was we decided that my sister was going to overnight the medicine to me rather than me driving up, you know, to to get it, which I was willing to do. But she said, no, I'll just put it in overnight mail, which she did. But that was at night. And so he had missed his medicine that night. The next day she mailed it. So he missed his medicine that entire day. And then the next day, he missed his morning medicine, and we were expecting his medicine to arrive between two or five. Well, I didn't notice any change in him at all, and I took him out to lunch that day that we were expecting the medicine to come, and we were sitting there at a restaurant eating this big monster burrito that we were sharing, and he suddenly started convulsing. He went into a seizure, and it was really, really scary. Um I'd never seen anything like that before. I mean, knew, I knew right away what it was, but I had to jump up and hold on to him because he really didn't even have the facilities to stay seated in his chair. I thought that he'd fall to the floor because his whole body was convulsing. So, and I just yelled to the other customers at the restaurant, somebody call 911. And uh, I don't know if they did or not. As soon as my brother stopped convulsing, I just picked up my phone and uh, called 911 right away. The, you know, uh, ambulance came and uh, kind of checked him out and asked him if he wanted to go to the hospital, which he didn't want to do. And 
you know, I said, I think that we should take him to the hospital. And the uh, paramedics were, well, we can't force him. I said, I don't think you need to force him. You just need to recommend it. And so I, I told my brother, I think you need to go to the hospital and just make sure you get some tests to make sure you're okay. And so he agreed to do that very willingly once he was rec- it was recommended. And uh, I followed him to the hospital. And while they were checking him in and, you know, placing an IV in his hand, he had a second seizure. So it was, you know, the assumption was that he had the seizures because he didn't take his medicine for two days. And uh, they had to do a lot of testing to make sure it wasn't something else, uh, just in case. That, and, you well, know, they didn't discover anything new. Uh, well, so the... We we got two minutes left, so I wanted to just give you a chance to uh, say, a, you know, your last statement for the show. Anything <laughs> that you want to say in particular, not your last statement forever. Um, but uh, anything, any the, obviously the medication was a good education for you. Uh, anything else that you would recommend for people that are dealing with family members right now? Well, I think that um, it's important to, um, you know, my sisters actually have been complaining to me a lot about my brother and his short-term memory problems and, you know, how he doesn't remember anything and things like that. And when I have him over, um, you know, he seems to have a pretty darn good memory and they, you know, you know, I'm shocked by all the things that he remembers, not that he remembers everything, but he does seem to remember a lot. And I'm 58, and I, I feel like I'm beginning to, you know, lose some of my memory. And so when he remembers some things, sometimes I'm completely impressed. But I think the point that I want to make is that I, my sisters tend to, like, try to get him to be aware of what his deficiencies are. They, they keep reminding him, you can't remember things. You, you know, you need help with this. You, you know, and it... it I feel like it's kind of a negative come from, and I really, I don't think he appreciates it. And I think that I don't do that to him. Um, I reward him for the things that he remembers. And if he, you know, says things that are silly and don't make sense or, you know, aren't interesting to people or something. Oh, I guess I got to (laughs) go. Well, thank you very much, Susie. Thanks, Stephen. The show is sponsored by countyproperties.net local real estate company and uh, we both admire you and the audience for you sharing those important insights thank you hang in there yeah, thank you thank you Susan yeah. thank you Arnie thank you Steve yeah. and let everybody be blessed by the creator amen have a healthy amen. and a successful life we'll see amen you on the next show next month next month We'll be there.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit CarShield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at CarShield.com audio. That's CarShield.com audio.